Coming up on this episode of The Ride, we go through our new format, which includes Is This Something, Money News, Pass the Polls, Here Are Your Flowers. We do a draft this week of Best Magazines. We also give uh, some local food and drink recommendations if you're in the Long Island area. But first, Kung Fu Kenny. could have been anywhere in the world but you're here with us welcome to another episode of the ride podcast i am your host adam jolly and joining me as always is adam dietrich hey man how Look are you us. this is a, we, it, we're only 45 days into the year and we're already recording our second podcast i mean this is uh, a breakneck uh, speed it's funny uh you know what I, this gives me some time i'll get a little inside baseball for the folks at home uh, I, w- we were at work one day last week and I posted something on like an NBA Slack channel like, mm-hmm. talking about basketball mm-hmm. and you replied back to me, sorry, I don't have time to look at the basketball Slack channel, <laughs> like very, very snooty, very above me type of thing. And I replied back with, I remember my first work project. You had some. You were doing stuff last week. You were actually had like a real job. Yeah, uh, here last week doing something important. And, yeah, I got nothing back. I got nothing from you. I I did get some like people afterwards. Like people just I don't know. People just don't know our relationship. Right. They're like, hey, like everything all you right? Guys, you guys okay? You guys good? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's I really want to know what he thinks about the Pacers at the trade deadline. I don't know what his deal is. Yeah, I put, put out the Excel spreadsheet just once. I uh, I apologize um, for my lack of participation in the NBA Slack channel, um, but I do feel like it's important uh, on occasion to uh, to call out your colleagues for for over participation in in uh, off topic Slack channels, right? I'm you. Know, the thing is, is I'm like the police of Slack channels. I'm always telling people, hey, get some work done. Hey, you know what? Maybe now's not the time to post your 10 favorite love songs. <laughs> I will say this. Song of the Day, that's I a great that. Slack channel. It's a good Slack channel. It's, it's, it's my favorite Slack channel. I just had to act like I didn't like it for a second. That's my favorite Slack channel, for sure. It's a good anyway, one. hey, it's not. this isn't an internal podcast. It's not just employees, co- colleagues like us. Uh, you want to dive into some stuff with a new Let's- format? Let's do it. I think we start with, uh, is this something, right? Is this something? I'll start off with my, is this something? Uh, Ipsos buys B2B expert network, and that's in quotation marks, and I'll explain why in a second. Uh, Experity. We think it's Experity, right? Experity. There's no E. It's just X. Which is hip. It's hip, man. The guy, uh, Yaden Sofer, who looks, I'm telling you, is that Tony Romo? It is. It is. If it is, it is Tony Romo. I think that's uh, why I picked this story. Yeah. Anyway, Experity cool. has operations across the U.S. and Israel and the Philippines. Um, they're the this expert network, which is really like a hot trend over the last, I would say, like five to ten years, where companies will go and build these networks that are B two B folks, usually high level people that they will pay larger than normal CPIs for for interview. They'll do like a one-to-one. It's typically not like online focused because they do some verification. So they call these people and say like, 
for me with like whatever my title is, I might get like, Hey, talk to us for 30 minutes. We'll give you 150 bucks. And they'll use those along with like your normal quantitative survey sample size of like 300, 500, whatever, uh, almost like enriched data. And so my normally, so if you think about these, uh, experience, these one, uh, Coleman research is one GLG is probably like the most famous one. Alpha sites. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Petrick. Is this something? Are we about to see like an explosion of expert <clears throat> networks? I was really excited to see you put this as your, is this something? Because I... Is this me trying to figure out like another revenue stream? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. No, but I th- I think it is a very, very cool uh, gateway into research for a lot of other industries. So I've worked with um, I've used expert interviews before I, uh, have helped like consulting and due diligence and finance friends and, 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 and clients put together expert network interviews and things like that, help them like work through their questionnaire design, all of that. Uh, and it is a very, very cool addendum to a bigger piece of research. Uh, the cool thing too, that I think is exciting for, you know, for these two, but also for the expert network world in general is just the amount of folks who are using them has gone from just consulting firms and folks doing due diligence into them kind of becoming like standard practice across more and more interviews or more and more industries whenever you're looking to do anything right it's it's it gives you that qualitative kind of edge alongside whatever quantitative data you're putting together alongside it so i i do think it's something i'm glad to see somebody else hopping in um and I'm, I'm intrigued to see what's next. Yeah. I want to see what's next. I, uh, <laughs> I, in the past, like I've, I've supplied like the, the regular quant sample to some of these things too. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it's great because like, you know, they're like, Hey, don't worry about it. We're charging like $800 for some of these. Things. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I'm like, ah, sounds great. Uh, I just, I wonder if we get to the, we'll probably get to a point down the road where, the answers and the insights that you're getting from the expert networks and these cutout sections, mm-hmm. you don't see much difference from like a well-executed engaging survey. Right. But that's a good yeah. thing, right? Like it's, it's yeah. okay. I, I think it's good for both sides, right? Like if right. you're a, a firm that specifically does that specifically does expert interviews, like for, you know, for the last decade, you've probably been the kind of the, pulse check on whatever whatever uh, quant was going on in the other side um and now i think it's just kind of becoming a more and more frequent kind of thing done in tandem right even if they do match up you're going to be able to pull deeper insights you know more you know kind of nuanced individual specific things from from your expert interviews as well as getting okay is this scalable is this true across a wider subset on the quant side and that's just good research like this is this is good Right. And what's your something? Oh, I was just also going to say, and it's really great because uh, when people ask you what you do, I've seen more and more people say like, oh, like an expert interview with GLG or whatever. Right. Um, and it's just a nice way for other oh. other white collar industries to know what's uh, what our industry, little industry does. Yeah, right. OK. What's your is this something? My is this something is um, something that I. I've been doing lately is I have a crunch base, uh, which is like a 
Uh, Crunchbase is a, a big uh, kind of database of, obviously, hence the name, of, mm. uh, of companies that are, <laughs> that are getting, that are going through mergers, acquisitions, getting, um, getting funding, right? And yeah. they, in the last year, added a market research and insights services kind of like uh, tag to a bunch of different companies. And mm. so I just have a safe search on there uh, to look through every once in a while to see who's getting money, who's doing what. And the one that I got that I saw most frequently or most recently, and it's kind of becoming a trend, uh, is there's this one specifically is Tracksuit. Uh, you probably haven't heard of them, listeners, but they're a uh, New Zealand-based, uh, always-on kind of brand measurement in a single dashboard company. We've seen a lot of those folks in North America get, and Europe getting funding over the last couple of years. And it kind of seems to be continuing on that trend of tech-based tech-based research houses doing brand authenticity, brand scoring, those kinds of things in a really easy to digest manner. And it's kind of becoming like any part of a, a you know, a, a brand manager or a CMO kind of their offering is they have these instant insights into how the brand is doing this week, this month, et cetera. And I'm thinking, based on the amount of money going in, that this might be something. I think it's something. How many times have you and I talked about this always on research? Like, like, like that's our baby. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, it, to do it. it's here, a buzzword. Here I am just looking at $6.8 million from a Canva investor going yep. into a company named after my favorite loungewear. What Go are we on. doing? Tracksuits, man. <laughs> just wanted to yeah. make sure it was tracksuits. Okay. Juicy. Uh, yeah, I think it's something. I, I I definitely think it's something. One thing that you mentioned though, like so when you mentioned tracksuits in New Zealand, we talked about some of the things in Europe. Is this something that's happened in the United States? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there were a lot of folks at um, IIEX last year talking always on and kind of the the super easy to digest brand scoring. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think of it as like the next version of Morning Consult to an extent, right? Where Morning yes. Consult got into a bunch of CMOs and brand managers and brands doing the, hey, here's what's going on in your industry, kind of reporting on a daily, but more so a like kind of monthly, quarterly kind of basis, right? And that's, yeah. think of it as like Nielsen data, but for something other than groceries that's where I was or, going. or TV Nielsen shows, right? Or type of tracking thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I think this is just kind of the next step of it of, you know, via tracksuit or some of these other ones, um, instead of just seeing, Hey, my banana industry is, uh, is, is, is going well. Um, it's specifically asking, okay, my brand of bananas, what does the general public think of them in a always on, always collecting data kind of perspective? And you can see, oh, this campaign is working in real time, or uh, those price cuts that we did in this retail chain is working. Um, I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I love it. This is our. This is our. This is how we get out of the podcast business. Always on research. Always on research in the states, and we call it like bananas or banana <laughs> banana peel. Banana peel, Ooh. all one word. So it's appeal. You know what's appealing? That's the tracker. You heard it here. Let's go. I like um, let's go Money Talks. My Money Talks this week is Question Pro acquires survey platform Dupole. That's mm -hmm. how it is, right? Dupole. Yep. Uh, they are a Wales-based survey creation platform. 
Uh, you know who Question Pro is. They're an experience management platform. They do surveys, research, CX, all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. Poll is really uh, kind of a real-time engagement type solution. So they do uh, capture opinions online, open-ended feedback. Some people, like, it's so real-time, you could say always on. Are we, <laughs> are we reading the notes or are we just like going along here? There we all go. Right. Anyway, uh, I think it's great. They wind up, uh, it's an undisclosed amount. So even though it's money talks, it's not really money talks. We don't know <laughs> money. Uh, right. But I think it's great for Question Pro to go out and build this. To me, that's huge because Question Pro has built so much internally. And mm-hmm. so to go out and buy something like this, again, from the UK, not from the US, hey, stepping on my own toes. Uh, I think it's awesome. And I think it's a huge piece is like where money is going in the industry. That real time always on thing might be a solution there. A hundred percent. And the programming world has seen a bunch of um, siloing, right? As through, through mergers, Um, there are fewer options out there for the non-Forstas of the world, the non-Qualtrics of the world. It's important to be, to use that agility as a, as a tool. Um, And this seems like a good example of it. So hats up to them. I love it. What's your money talks? My money talks is uh from america uh actually it's american money but it's heading to to bangalore um in tropic they are an ai powered um research platform provider uh out of india but they got a got 25 million dollars last week in series b funding led by uh bessemer and sig venture capital uh in tropic they have grown 7x in the last two years. Um, obviously, we're not talking about a a world beater of an organization in terms of going from you know 100 million to 700 million or something like that. But it is pretty cool to see that a big round of Series B uh, is going to kind of one of your traditional tech-heavy uh, research platforms. Um, you know, they do they do everything from you know Quant and Qual to a bunch of AI stuff all under a single umbrella. And and like I said, I think there's a lot of talk about the the state of the economy globally. Um, obviously, certainly a lot of op- apprehension, regardless of what you think will, will shake out over the next year or two. Um, and it was just good to see Series B getting more money than they did the first time around. That makes sense to me. Yeah, I like that. That's, that's a good point. I... I think it's it's big. I think uh, twenty five million dollars is a huge number. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I know like lately, like we've been throwing out a hundred million to twenty five, but for for Series B funding to get twenty five billion is pretty nice, man. Yeah, Jeez. for sure, for sure. And another thing about Entropic that I like, they have seventeen patents. I think that they, despite going down a well trodden path of hey, we're an all in one platform, uh, they have done a lot of unique things too, and it's good to see it rewarded for sure. Yeah, keep it going. What are your flowers for this week? Who are you giving flowers to? So my flowers this week are, uh, I originally, we were, you and I were going to overlap because uh, I know that you were aiming toward... Let's let's do it together. Okay. Yeah, don't make something up on the fly. No, I've, I've got another one. I've got another uh, okay. one. Um, uh, McKinsey last week, uh, McKinsey and Company, the big management uh, consulting firm, uh, bought a Israeli-based data scientist company called, I think, Aguazio, um, for an undisclosed sum. Uh, yeah. But they had raised uh, over $20 million in funding uh, in the last couple of years. Not McKinsey, Aguazio. 
Uh, and I just thought it was really cool because it's another non-North American based uh, company going the tech route and getting getting funding from a big global US-based multinational. Love it. Uh, I'll drop off. Um, you know what? I'm going to drop off too because I feel like you you want my other one. That's why I act like I'm I'm too good for it now. Okay, great. Uh, MR Platform, Phonic. Friends of the podcast, Phonic. David Ferris, been on the podcast last year. Uh, they acquired ad tech firm Infilion, which is a, uh, you know, Phonic we talked about. They do like the voice and video service. It's almost like instead of doing right now at your open end, you can do mm-hmm. the video for it afterwards. It's a great like, way to come back in there. Uh, so I think this helps them analyze consumer interaction more. They do a little bit more tech with it uh, by putting an ad tech company with it. Uh, I think it's great for the future of Phonic. It's great they have the funding to acquire a firm like this. Uh, it's my yeah, do it. My other funding is, uh, or my other flowers goes to uh, Ivy Exec. I'll say it. I don't think we've recorded yeah. since they got bought by Innovate. Uh, we were talking about that, you know, that expert network thing. I thought that would be a route for Ivy Exec. That's kind of like when they started, I was like, man, we've got the best B2B. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was about like a little bit more reasonable prices than doing that. They do all kinds of verification, things like that. Um, I think for them having the outreach that an Innovate, gives like the sales force yeah to get out the there. branding I mean, the marketing yeah that's the win-win there for them is that they can get a branding of innovate is great at marketing uh I, I who's doing the like i see their post everywhere um and so getting that type of branding getting that type of marketing obviously innovate needs to be to be source so they add up to their numbers there it gives them a ton of credibility because ivy exec has a great reputation so my flowers go to the team at ivy exec good job guys a hundred percent. Good. Good start to February on the uh, the research front for flowers. Hey, I love flowers. Let's go into uh, my past. The polls goes into uh, this is probably going to be the last time I talk about this guy because I feel like I'm talking about him a ton. Uh, Ron DeSantis. Yeah. In a recent Fox News poll, slightly edges Trump as preferred leader of the Republican Party. Uh, so this poll was put on. Uh, at the beginning of February, so last Tuesday, the 8th, uh, 22% of Republicans say they want DeSantis to lead the party, where 20% say the same thing about Trump. That's right there. Uh, yes. More than a third of those questions said they don't know who should lead the GOP. I'm guessing if you ask a third of the GOP, they're saying the same thing, right? Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, what do you think? Hey, this was a, what thing I was wrong about last week. You said you were wrong that Trump is going to be DeSantis, and here we are, Fox News coming on you tucker coming on you telling you maybe you're right you're back in good graces with the gop congrats man yes uh as always important disclaimer uh despite your whatever anyone's views are on fox news as an opinion news outlet uh their polling arm is spectacular uh this is also something of an outlier poll um compared to other way too early gop uh primary uh public opinion research and kind of, uh, I don't want I don't even want to call it, it's not even polling. It's, you know, it's mm-hmm. who do you think you're going to end up voting for in 18 months kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, but from that perspective, I think it's, I think it's interesting. And also it's good to see a real public opinion research outlet like Fox news digging into this early. And I think it'll be interesting to see where it goes over the next few years. Also shout out to, uh, Nikki Haley, she just announced her presidential campaign, uh, you know, just just a, a little 16 months before the election occurs. Get out there, Nikki. What's your poll? Do you have a poll for this week? 
I do have a poll, and it's actually. I was gonna not... say you didn't send me anything, and I'm like, this is horseshit. <clears throat> this is your thing. This is my thing. Um, I'm actually shouting out, not your traditional horse race poll like you are. Um, the CDC oh, for the last oh. 30, 40 years uh, has done something called the the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Um, if you want to, if you really want to nerd out and look at the best ways to collect data uh, and how that has evolved over the last 40, 50 years, uh, go check out the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. But anyway, they just recently uh, released their their most recent round of fun, uh, findings. Basically, what they do is they interview high school students in a variety of different ways. They ask them longitudinal questions. Uh, some of their surveys are, are more... Uh, are, are, are more recency based, like based on what's going on in, in pop culture and things like that. Yeah. Uh, and the things that affect the youth of America at any given point. Um, but one question that they've asked uh, over the last 10 years is the uh, percentage of female and male students who experience persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness, right? We were all, we were all teen one teens once. And, you know, some of us group matured past it. Others like Adam Jolly didn't. Nope. Uh, so there. But it is interesting to see uh, that particularly among among females, the rate of um, f- experiencing persistent feelings of sadness or hopelessness has gone up from 36% in 2011 to 57% last year. So um, an alarming sign, um, but also a really good depiction of thorough uh, public opinion research. Yeah, both of them went up, right? I mean, uh, but the male line only is eight percent over the ten years, where the right. female line over nineteen percent. Uh, it's uh, also that's uh, Derek Thompson. That's my guy. I love Derek Thompson. Uh, yeah, I he, just mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. No, he he was the one that shown uh, shown the light on that one. Uh, he's a great uh, podcast host and also writer at the Atlantic, uh, who is one of I think a, like a, a burgeoning group of journalists who are showing a, a lot of. Uh, a lot of respect for public opinion research. You know, I, I like them a lot. Yeah, I think the big piece here is that there's a, there's probably a common misconception that when like the pandemic <clears throat> happened, that's where everyone started feeling sad and started right. like, these mental health things too. But if you look at some of the charts, I mean, these are numbers that were increasing before the pandemic. It's not it's not a thing. It's also not a generational thing because um, it's, there are some flat years in here too. You right. know? So I mean, I think it's a pretty big difference between if you're a freshman in 2011 versus a freshman in 2015, you know? And so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a lot to gather. I do feel like we're getting more tools every day to help with mental health crisis among teenagers, but we also need you like, we're just at the beginning where it's infancy from it. And so definitely behind the curve on that. Great poll. De- good job. Definitely. Yeah. Good Good stuff. And uh, also longitudinal proof that the easiest thing in the world to say is, oh, the generation younger behind uh, my generation, they're a bunch of softies. They don't have it as hard as I did. Um, long story short, there's uh, 50 years of proof that that's just not true. You know? Mm-mm. What's your best post ever? Okay. I couldn't decide on one, but... I have a a new rule as a sad Chicagoan that sits uh, under feet of snow every winter. Spring doesn't start until people on LinkedIn start posting about going to SampleCon in LA, Quirks events in in LA, Chicago, et cetera, et cetera. So I was very excited to see a lot of people booking travel 
and kind of reminding me that spring is around the corner uh, by announcing that they were going to be attending whatever conferences they're attending in March. I agree. It's like our own little groundhog, right? It is. That's that's the new market research groundhog. Is is it is it too early to post about a conference attendance? Yeah. Is Dan Quirk going to see his shadow? <laughs> exactly. Hope he does in Los <laughs> Angeles. Uh, that's good. No, that's love. I, those do make me a little happier too, and it definitely helps with that like seasoned, uh, sad with seasonal depression, yeah. seasonal anxiety disorder, anxiety disorder. Uh, my best post of the week came from uh, Dominic Atkinson. Uh, he is one of the co-founders at Dig Insights in Canada. This is uh, so he good. posted a thing about to sales experts in his network. And I'm going to say market research sales experts, but it came across to everybody. He said, every day I receive at least one, usually more unsolicited sales emails. Lately, the majorities ask if I want to schedule a meeting at a specific time on a specific day, i.e., do you have a minute on Wednesday at 1 p.m. to discuss the opportunity? And he says, does this work? I can't <laughs> see where it would. He says, Google this tactics, plenty of sites give reasons why. He said, but am I missing something? This seems super annoying especially when it's easily and obviously the email is part of a CRM initiated email sequence. Uh, 43 likes and then 31 people uh, kind of try to justify themselves or make themselves. <laughs> and go, well, well, I did too. Uh, <laughs> where you try to act like I don't do that. Uh, 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 what do you think Dietrich? Is this something people do? It definitely is something that people do. I uh, have the very unfortunate reality of having a, uh, very public uh, facing email address. Uh, so like members of our panel and things like that uh, mm. can, can contact me, which means I get a lot more spam over the last uh, year than I have at any other point. Um, I don't necessarily think it's the fault of sales folks. Like I, I think that this is probably a top-down initiative, right? Uh, hey, we got this new technology, this new CRM system, Pardot, whatever it may be, uh, that can suggest meeting times and, and get people to auto-sign up to, to get face-to-faces for you or Teams meetings or Zoom meetings for you. Um, and so I, I think it's that. I also think it is, strangely, it feels like a little bit more personal than just the like form email on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, I don't know, I'm one of those like more, I don't know, discerning buyers is probably a, a, an inflation of my own buying ego, but I always want to talk to people anyway, if I'm going to buy from them. So it does have a, a sliver of convenience, but as to Dominic's question about whether or not it works, I can't imagine that it does anymore because it just seems like it, there's too much of it. It doesn't work, man. I'm, I'm a closer. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> if, if I was, just, I used to hate that shit, and like I even posted on there. Like I had a boss once that was like, "No, put down. Are you here at this time?" And then you show up, and if they, and then if they show up, then like you just drop them the like the Zoom in there or whatever, right? Um, and then or you call them. Make sure you tell them you're going to call them at one o'clock on Wednesday, and then when you call it means that you're organized and you're on it and you really want the business. And I'm like, does everybody knows I want the business and it's not about like, do I want the business more? It's about, am I a better product? Am I a better company? Like, do I have mm-hmm. better value for them to help them out more? Nobody gives a shit. If I want the business, what are you talking about? Right. Uh, but that's why I think this thing just like gets in the way. Like it gets in like the, I have a sales quota 
this is what's in it for me. Come here at this time. Right. Yes. Right. It, it does. If, you know, if, if at the end of the day, transactions are, you know, features and benefits in going both ways, right. It is, it is tearing it down to that basic instinct, right. It's just, yeah. you know, there's, there's zero attempt at differentiation and maybe, you know, if the goal is to get a meeting and that's where you're going to do your unique selling points and all that kind of stuff and show, you know, the benefits of working with you, then great. But you're not getting that message across. Yeah, you're not getting the door opened, right? Yeah, right, right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I, I, I get, I'm not kidding. I get a lot of these a day, uh, every day. I do think the other one that I've seen that I literally am staring at one right now is the, if it makes more sense just to schedule time, here's a link to my calendar. I think that one's okay. Ooh, that's not bad, right? That's mm-hmm. not as bad. Then you can see other like, oh, this guy's a pretty busy dude. He probably can't service me in the future. <laughs> Too much shit going on. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was talked the other week. Everyone in bad. our office started getting this email where somebody emailed us. I don't know we even know what he was selling. Um, he emailed all. He looked up where we went to college. Oh, this is so good. I love this. Was, Go whatever the mascot is of the college. Uh, but then, like, he got some people wrong. He got you wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. He, he said, go Boilermakers for you. He said, go Boilermakers. So I got an email that literally the, the, the subject line was just go Boilermakers exclamation point. Yeah. I did not, I did not go to Purdue whose mascot is the Boilermakers. Um, yeah. More like, more like you per don't go there. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? But I'll tell you what. It was a unique enough, like, I think the Boilermaker is just a unique enough mascot that, you know, I, I opened it. So there may be True. some value there. True. I did. Uh, I mean, everybody got it. Uh, the Quinnipiac guy got it. I was like, okay. I didn't even know they had a mascot. Uh, I thought it was just hockey and poles. Uh, <laughs> I got, one time I got an email. It was awesome, actually. Uh, like, I, I almost replied. This That's how I'll say it's good. It's like, I, like, I hit the reply button. Where a guy had researched my little college in Easter Kentucky and like found like where our like hangout was like our bar. It's this bar called Madison gardens, not right. Madison square gardens, Madison gardens. Okay. Uh, they had wings. And so he sent me an email. I was like, Adam saw you went to Easter Kentucky, man. What I wouldn't do for a couple Madison garden wings and some cold ones right now. But alas, I'm sending out emails to see if you want to sign up for SEO or whatever he was selling. Right. Yeah, uh, and I like replied back, and I was like, "Dude, this dude, what? Did you go? Like, I wanted to be like, buddy, let's be a Colonel Crazies. This is great." And then it wound up being where, like, I, as I did more research, he's never left like the tri-state. Like, I think he went to like Hofstra, and like he just did some good deep diving. Like, he really dug in. It was like, "Oh, what's the local restaurant? Sounds great." That's Ooh. you know what? That's good though, man. That's that's showing that you're willing to do some homework. I I'll email one back. I'll email one back. You're right. Exactly. Exactly. I, I respect that. I, I like that a lot. Also, uh it's very important for our dear Quinnipiac alumni listeners, uh, that at least half of the podcast hosts know that you guys are the Bobcats. Yeah. I knew that. Sure. I knew that because I heard the story. Yeah. yeah. He he showed me the email. So we had Bobcats, uh, Ah, uh, who was this? somebody else had a good one? Uh, uh, I can't think of what it was. Frytag had a good one. I can't think of what. Anyway, uh, you want to do big dummy? What were you wrong about this week? 
Oh, I forgot about this. I, um, Adam, as you know, I'm never wrong, so I, I don't have anything this week. I'll tell you what I was wrong about. I, this week, went to the MRX Pros on uh, Tuesday afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern, by the way, if anyone wants to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was in a group, and I got in this, like, they do, like, a breakout session. And it was on Valentine's Day. Great idea um, is to, like, get in and share people, like, share what you love about yourself. Like, kind of do, like, a brag type thing. Nice. You don't love yourself. How can you love somebody else? Right? Sure. That's right. They get the Toby Key song. And okay. I like it was really hard for people to do. Right? It's really hard for people to talk and brag about themselves. And as I didn't realize it in the room, I was with like four qualitative researchers and they stopped for a second. And they're like, you know, I think it's just the way we're asking the question. Also, one, they go got to the psychology of like, we're so used to asking people questions all the time. We don't really know how to answer. Okay, not bad. Uh, but the big part, they were like, like when somebody asks you what you love about yourself, like you have to think that in different terms. And that's where things like describe what kind of tree you are, describe what color you are, describe what kind of horse you are. So then you're talking about the attributes of that thing that's not yourself while talking who you are to yourself. And I was mm. just like, whoa, the psychology here is nuts. Like you're blowing my mind. I'm just a dummy here. I told everybody I'm a horse because I'm strong, I'm fast, I'm silent. Eh, all those things are wrong. I don't know, whatever. But yeah. like, really, I'm just talking about myself, like things I love yeah. about myself, right? And I just thought that was, it was genius. And so what I was wrong about was like the psychology that goes into qualitative face-to-face research. I was real wrong. It is so much there. I, I like undersold it, I guess. And uh, that's what I was wrong about this week. I love it. I love it. I I think every interaction I have with the quality makes me think just a little bit differently. And that's a pretty cool feature to have. So I'm, I'm right there with you. It's pretty good. Uh, food or drink of the week. Do you have one? <laughs> I see yours on the list right here and I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, you go first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so one of my favorite things to do, I'm not shy about this. I love to eat by myself. Like I, to me, if I can go to a nice restaurant and sit at a bar by myself, it is just a dream. Slapping some AirPods, maybe, maybe they got a TV going on. And so there is a restaurant in Port Washington, New York, which is where headquarters of our company is, that I've never been to. It's there. It looks nice. It's right on like the water. We never yep. go to. Never go to this restaurant. And it's right next to this hotel that I stay by. Like I can walk there. And it just so happens that like I had like, two long days of like meetings and see if it was in Connecticut for a while, all that kind of stuff. And then like it was like 8.30 on a Wednesday or Thursday night needed to eat. Just play pickleball for an hour and a half. Yep. And I was like, oh, hold on. I'm going to walk to Hendrix Tavern in Port Washington. And I sat down and it was, I was, it was happening. It really? was awesome. I, oh, man. I sat down. Here's, I even planned it. Like, once I sat down, they had like a 25 inch TV that had like the <laughs> Islanders hockey game on because there's like Perfect. 15 minutes away, right? Yeah. And it's just like a bunch of townies. And I'm sitting at this bar and I like started playing. I was like, I like this place. I'm going full meal. And so, like, I didn't drink like normally I would. I know. I know. But I, I said I got a, p- a petite filet because I knew I wanted to get dessert. I'm telling look you. At, look at you. Um, the best time by myself. I had to put, I wasn't going to do AirPods, but then I put them in because people get a little rowdy uh, drinking wise. And the, uh, Hendrix, Port Washington. And now it's got to be my go to every time I go up there now. I love it. I've driven by the place a dozen times, never stopped, never thought to stop. And I'm excited you did. Um, 
My food or drink of the week is uh, I make a lot of potatoes and I kind of get tired of potatoes and I put, this is weird, uh, but crispy potatoes, you know, slice up some potatoes, cut them up, all that kind of stuff. Mix it up in a bowl with olive oil and Dijon mustard, like just like two tea, two tablespoons of D or teaspoons of tablespoons of Dijon mustard. And man, I'm back in on potatoes. Thanks to this meal. Throw a little wow. mustard on there. What a best, thing, best thing I've made this year. So hear me talking about going to a restaurant on the water, big oak, mahogany bar. Yeah. Yep. Owner of Petit Filet. You're going to come in here with uh, fucking starch. Yeah. You put mustard on. Yeah. Yeah. Starch on starch. Yeah. You know what? It's, 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 it's Chicago. It's cold. <laughs> Not spending a lot of time outside. Just eat potatoes. potatoes. Get, potatoes get boring. Just eating potatoes in the, in your cold. Man, things are going all right. The people, the the listeners, the dear listeners, are tired of potatoes too. They are going to be excited about putting good mustard on potatoes. Hope we get some emails. Uh, let's do a quick finding draft. their Irish route roots. The draft. Let's do it real quick. <laughs> Uh, this week, I mentioned it last week, one of my favorite things to do at an airport is, uh, go look at magazines. I never yes. see magazines. And I was in, I, uh, I was in the, uh, what, what airport was I in? Hartford, Connecticut airport. Sure. Uh, <laughs> and actually made myself walk through a Hudson news to see if I could get a, uh, what type of magazine section they have. So let's do a quick drive of, of magazines. I'll let you have first pick. We'll do four magazines each. Okay. Uh, my first overall pick is the first magazine in my life that I cared about. Uh, and that is Sports Illustrated for Kids. Um, mm. Sadly discontinued. Um, but they would, it was a, it was Sports Illustrated for children. Um, and they would have trading cards in there so that you could, you could basically like peel them out uh, and, and trade a Ken Griffey Jr. or a Joe Montana uh, card with your friends at school. And that was uh, that was the trading peak, cards is what made it the trading peak cards magazine for me. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, I'll stay youth. I'll go Ranger Rick uh, magazine as a kid, and you get these like little animal cards that go with it. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go nature as a child. I'm gonna go. You know what? I might go all children here. Go my next pick. Can I snake it? Yeah, I'll snake it. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna go with Boys Life. It was for uh, the Boys Scouts yes. of America. Yes. Boys Life, one of the best things about it was at the back of it, they always had these like little like uh, kitschy gifts and stuff that you could buy, like things that you wouldn't see like in a store. So it would be like invisible ink or <laughs> like stupid, like, uh, yeah. you know, exploding gum, things like that. And I would always be like, man, I wonder if I should buy that. And I wasn't ever, I don't even know like where you would because like the internet didn't exist in like 1989. Uh, but Boys Life was pretty sweet. And you would learn about like some park and a place you would never go to and see pictures of trees and stuff. But it also seemed attainable because in the picture were like children. So it wasn't like National Geographic where like you're, you can see the world through the pages of a magazine. It was more like, no, you can't see the world. You can see like the Ozarks. And there's Tommy <laughs> and his dad making a paddle boat. Um, what do you got? I like it. I like it. That's great. Uh, Boy's Life was, was, was peak childhood as well. Um, I'm going to show more differentiation between the two of us. Uh, my favorite aspirational magazine is Architectural Digest. It's the one they do like a video with celebrities touring their celebrity house like every 
every few months and it always goes viral. But their magazine, you're stuck on a plane and it is A, beautiful photography, but B, it's kind of like, oh, could I, could I, uh, could I turn my office into a jungle oasis like Gwyneth Paltrow did? Uh, And that's when you're honest, when you're stuck on a plane, there's nothing better than, you know, trying to figure out whether or not you can copy uh, Deion Sanders' pool design, you know? That's not bad. Is it a dollar sign? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, you know. Um, okay, do you get another one? Yeah, you go Snake for your fourth. Okay, um, we mentioned The Atlantic earlier. It's the only magazine that I have been subs- uh, subscribed to consistently throughout my adult life. Uh, spectacular at getting me to read about things that I would normally scroll right past on Twitter or online. Um, something about it just being in print in your hand and being like, all right, I guess I'm going to, I'm going to make a cup of coffee and I'm going to go read 10,000 pages on uh, education reform in Africa. And uh, it's always entertaining. Best writers in the world are at the Atlantic. I like that. Uh, next for me, I will go with, uh, this is my third pick. You picked three too, right? Yep. Yeah. I'll go with, uh, GQ for me. Ooh, the classic. Uh, Yeah. I had a toss up here between this one and Esquire, not to give picks, but, um, I'll go with GQ because it, that to me was like an escape from middle of nowhere, Kentucky. So Mm -hmm. there were and stuff, especially. So I'm thinking like GQ when I'm like, say 13, 14. And like I would subscribe to it, like drop a little postcard in, and then like, like <laughs> yep, like a free year, and then yep. it's like you get another year for like nine dollars. Like what? How is this this business? This industry is never going out of business. Uh, <laughs> but like it was, it was. I would see you would like read an article about somebody that has a movie coming out, and you would like, oh man, I want to learn, like find out that they're an asshole. Uh, with GQ too, is a little bit like more European. So like when you're like 13 or 14, there's a decent chance you're going to get a, like a little bit of nudity maybe too in a GQ. Uh, just a, it's art. That's what I, it was art. So mm-hmm. it's fine. Uh, but yeah, GQ is my, my third uh, magazine of choice. Nice. And what's your last one? My last magazine of choice. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> uh, it, this is like a regional magazine for a lot of people. People it's called like Athlon. Do you know what I'm talking about? Nope. It's like a sports bag. Like, so like if you live in Kentucky and like the Athlon Sports Kentucky football preview would oh. come out. And the thing was, it'd be like, you know, football season starts in September. And on the cover would be like the two quarterbacks for Kentucky and Louisville. Yeah. Uh, but like you would, it would come out in like February. <laughs> when <laughs> yeah, you yeah. get it in like your dicks to yourself that it like nothing is relevant by the time like the season starts off. It's just like a bunch of fluff pieces. And like you read the magazine by the end, you're like, my local team is we're going to win it all. We're going to win the whole damn thing. Uh, and it never came true. But I always would like rush to get it. And they would have like the college football preview, the NFL preview. The yeah, baseball, the prospectus. Whatever. Yeah, I, lo- I love those. So magazines. And they came yeah. out like eight months too soon. Like half the dudes like aren't even on scholarship anymore. I loved the Athlon sports previews. Oh, those are so good. That industry has got to be struggling. Um, oh, yeah. And that's actually where I'll end. My, my fourth and final selection was the East Bay magazine. Uh, which yeah. was I wasn't sure if this was a magazine or a catalog. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of a combo, but definitely more of a catalog. But East Bay was a company headquartered in the Midwest that uh, in the 90s 
and 2000s would somehow just sign up. Anybody who'd ever bought a pair of Nikes or like basketball shoes uh, would once a quarter receive the the East Bay magazine in the it mail. It was free. Unexpectedly, for free. That's the thing, yeah. And it was, you know, now, you know, you, you drive to a mall and you see people lined up for days to get the new Jordans or whatever. 20 years ago, the only way was to just order them on East Bay and you got to see a teeny tiny picture of the shoe and, uh, and hear, hear like a, a little two sentence snippet from like Kevin Garnett talking about how excited he is for his new shoe. And it's the best thing that's ever been made. And in those two sentences, you could sell my 10 year old heart. And, uh, next thing you know, be sending, sending up my spend, sending my allowance in, uh, in the mail to, uh, to East Bay and getting some, some Kevin Garnett shoes. Well, that's later. like the thing with East Bay too. Like, so now, like, you log on to like anything like a nice kicks or sneaker news or something, anything, and yeah, sneakers app, and and you can see like shoes that are going to be coming out like in six months, a year. Like, you can set up your calendar, be like, I don't know if I want to try to get these because in December, like the Jordan One University Blues are coming out, you know, something right, like that. right. And so, like, but like back, we didn't know. We like were low was, information buyers, low right? information then, buyers. Like, now there is so much like, uh, like there's like series of shoes, but that's yep. because like we've cultivated through time. Like, you know, you have your MX ones, your 95s, your 97s, those have, but like, you know, back then we did, we were at just the 95s, right? And it wasn't, there was no cool retro and there wasn't like, you know, Hey, you know, I think, what are we at now? Jordan 37s. Yeah. But like, like there wasn't like you could go back and by like, hey, this is they the new Jordan sixes came out, but I like <laughs> right. Jordan fours. No, it didn't exist. And so like, there was no ramp up time. It would just be like East Bay comes, and you can and like this is the first time you're going to see it. Here it is. Go get these shoes. And then yeah. you're basically just buy. And then you don't know what they look like. You don't know how to fit. So you're just buying them because you like the person or you like the yeah. brand. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it was just like a, literally like a two inch by two inch picture in a glossy catalog. It was, I know, I know. It, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was it was a simpler it was the risk time. We all took. Yeah, you know, is that peak? Is that peak how you got the uh, the Kobe crazy ones? It is. It is, and the crazy yeah. Kobe twos. Yeah, pretty gross. Pretty gross shoes. Nineteen ninety seven. Uh, yeah. Oh man. Well, Dietrich, that'll do it for this episode of the ride. Thanks for coming on. Uh, please reach out to us, guys. We still have the email address. It's researchpodride at gmail. Uh, you can show, shoot us both an email on LinkedIn and stuff, but let us know what you think about the format. Let us know if we missed a magazine. Let us know man, if you go to Hendrix in Port Washington, get the truffle fries, not the regular fries. Get the truffle fries. Treat yourself. Come on, man. It's February. If you don't love yourself, you're going to love. Go Bobcats. <laughs> <laughs>